the brilliant podcast, shining a light on the brightest minds of Tallahassee and their brilliant ideas that are making the world a little brighter. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with us on the Brilliant Podcast. Today, we are talking to Laura Fussell. And Laura is a interior design student here at Florida State University. And uh, she's a senior. She's just about to graduate. She's actually taking a little bit of a break from a massive project that she's doing in order to assure her graduation. Uh, she also happens to be one of the members of Team Brilliant. And so she is uh, kind of helping us out with with what we're doing in terms of interior design as we think about the physical space of the brilliant one day happening and coming together so that we can bring people together here, they can study, they can do great things, they can meet, and all of that. So, Laura, I've got a question for you. We talk about interior design, and I just said to everybody that that is your major, but a lot of times people don't exactly know what interior design means. And so can you tell us a little bit about what interior design is? And by doing that, you're probably going to have to tell us a little bit about what interior design is not. Yeah, so interior design is not decoration. That's often the first thing people think of. Uh, They generally think of HGTV and residential interiors, That's really not what it is all the time. It's more closely tied to architecture than what a lot of people think. And overall, it's about the interior built environment. Everyone spends a lot of time indoors, especially with the pandemic, but a lot of people don't really think about how their interior environment affects them. And so design is about creating functional, creative, and technical solutions to enhance people's experience within their indoor spaces. We also do a lot of research and planning throughout the design process, and we're aware of building codes and other life safety features that are found in buildings. Commercial design is a large practice as well. All hospitals, churches, schools, and hotels all have to be designed, and furnishing and decor- or decoration is a part of it, but it's more about making sure the entire space works together. I remember one time you told me this, and this really just kind of resonated with me, the idea that that architecture is sort of the outside of the building and that interior design is the architecture of the inside of the building, that kind of sense of it's more than just, hey, this looks pretty, but it's actually a lot of the functionality, uh, like you were saying, a lot of the safety and, and those kind of things as well. As you've been doing this major, one of the, the stories that you've told me before has that I, I thought was great was you had a family member who wanted you to hang some pictures. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so over the summer, my great-grandmother asked me to come help her hang some pictures. She had had her house redone, um, and so I went over to help her hang up some pictures, and she was asking where I should put them. I was like, well, you can just put them kind of wherever you want to, wherever you think looks good. And she's like, you haven't taken a class on how to hang pictures? I was like, no. All I know is you can probably put it in a stud, but (laughs) put them where you want to. Uh, And so this isn't just picking out colors. This isn't being Chip and Joanna Gaines as great as they are. This is much more about uh, developing a space and making that space something that's really great for people. So what... You, you've been doing this for four years now. 
what was kind of that moment of confirmation that you had that you were like, oh, this is the right place for me. I'm in, I'm in the right spot being in this major. I think the largest moment of confirmation was getting accepted into FSU's interior design program. It's a limited access program, and so the first year was super competitive, and that entire year we were all nervous about getting accepted. And once I got that acceptance letter, that was a huge moment. Uh, looking back, though, I think there were a lot smaller moments throughout that first year that, that helped confirm to myself that this is what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. Some of those were just that our tour guide, when we toured FSU's campus, was an interior design major, and she was able to take us to the building. Another one was something one of my professors said in our one of our first classes about us being able to imagine spaces and how that a lot of other people can't do that, and so it's our job as designers to take what we can imagine and make it so that other people can see it as well, and that was a really important moment for me too. Yeah, I, I can see that being the, hey, this isn't something that everybody else can do. This is something that uh, that I've been gifted uh, in in order to be able to do. So if there's, you know, somebody out there who's considering interior design, one of the pieces of that that you kind of mentioned was that in order to be in the interior design school, you actually have to kind of strive in order to be accepted. What's that process like? Yeah, so here at FSU, you take three classes your freshman year, and we do a lot of different projects during those classes. One of the main projects is an entire set of hand-drafted floor plans, and then some of the other projects are a lot of different abstract art-type projects that focus more on design thinking. And then at the end of the year, um, all of the projects, everyone puts all their projects out on different tables, and all of the professors will go through and kind of just judge everyone's projects, you know, make notes. They'll determine who gets in based on the projects and then also on overall attitude that they've noticed in class as well as GPA and grades as well. They let 19 people in in April of freshman year, and then they also do a second review in the summer and let 19 more people in. So 19 seems sort of abstract in terms of a number. Does that come from anything? For us, it was just about the number of desks they have in the classrooms. We all have designated studio spaces, and so making sure everyone has their desk that you know they don't have to change or anything throughout the year uh, was important to them. And also the professors being able to handle just a certain number of us was important too. Sure. Yeah. And that helps reinforce, hey, we're only going to let 19 people in. We only have 19 desks in the room. And so, you know, if, if you're number 20, I'm sorry, you, you don't have a desk. About how many people, if somebody is looking at this as, as a possible major for themselves or a, or a direction for themselves, there's always a risk of saying, hey, I'm going to try to do this. About how many people are not in that 19, are outside of that that 19 people that make it in? So I think, thinking back, I think there were about 80 people in total that were going through the process freshman year, both during the normal school year and over the summer. Um, and then 38 of us got accepted. Wow, so that's about half. Wow, so that that's it's something to even get into the program. Mm-hmm. 
the the brilliant podcast is all about these ideas that help make the world a little bit brighter and and one of the things that you've talked about before is this sort of idea of the the conjunction of sustainability and design tell me a little bit more about about why maybe sustainability is one of those things that maybe some people don't always think about in terms of design but is an important part of you know if somebody's thinking about designing an interior space yeah so sustainability is becoming a really important topic both in architecture and interior design right now Um, we can recognize that a lot of what we've used in the past were not the most sustainable options and that they've contributed to pollution rates and deforestation and overall just negative health impacts on the users of the space some examples being you know formaldehyde or asbestos not the best. Um, sustainable design is also a lot more than just putting you know, solar panels on a roof. Going back to spending so much time inside, we're learning how important it is to have healthy indoor environments since we do spend so much time inside right now. And the health of the indoor materials and the ov- overall environment can affect the health of the occupants in general. And so designers have a specialized knowledge of materials and equipment that can be energy efficient, uh, toxin-free, help with water conservation as well. And since we're also the ones who specify furniture, fixtures, and equipment in a lot of projects, we can have an impact on helping to make sustainable options more a part of common practice. And that's part of the hurdle is just taking them from being sustainable and known as sustainable into being used in everyday practice so that they become just a normal part of the environment. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That what is sustainable today, hopefully, is you know just sort of an you know not even an afterthought that people have when they look at things you know decades down the road. You know what designers can be doing today actually sets the tone for what could be just kind of like, hey, of course we're going to do things this way. So we're going to move more towards things that, that aren't harmful to the environment to produce and and other stuff like that. That was one thing that really kind of stood out to me was, you know, it, it, as a designer, a lot of times you get to choose the the elements that you're recommending for a particular space. And so you can you can present more of those options that are sustainable. Yeah, and there are some really interesting products that we've been exposed to just through school and research. Some examples, um, there's carpet or even furniture that's been made from recycled plastic and insulation used from made from recycled like denim. Things like that are really interesting to learn about too. How does the recycled denim stuff work? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> But it it's a more sustainable alternative to normal fiberglass, and then you can also touch it and not you know, get itchy or anything. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, fiberglass is itchy if you if you've ever worked with it. Absolutely. Yeah. As you're looking into a career in this, um, uh, how much is the sustainability of design going to be a part of what you're doing in your career? Yeah, so a lot of firms, both architecture and design firms, are becoming more focused on sustainable practices. There is an organization in the United States called LEAD, which is the Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Uh, They're an organization that help to classify buildings 
Um, we have a couple buildings on the FSU campus that are LEED certified. The Johnson building is one that I can think of right now. Practitioners can also become LEED certified, and so you, you take an exam and study for it and understand all of the components that can go into creating an, a healthy indoor environment. If you're certified, then you know, a lot of firms recognize that this is important, and they're looking for individuals who you know, take steps to become certified or understand more of the impact that green building has on our overall environment. That's that's heartening that there are a lot of places that are, are looking for people that have that skill set, that they're able to say, okay, this is something that, that's important. And in, in when we're hiring, we want to hire somebody who, who has that skill set that'll help us to be more sustainable as we're putting that together. In terms of, you know, th- the sustainability is, is a big you know, big idea that comes along with design. But I'm sure that you've had, you know, uh, like as you've gone through four years of just kind of uh, playing around with, uh, not playing around, you work really hard actually, uh, working really hard at interior design projects. What are some of the big takeaways? You know, uh, you've done this for a while. What What are you walking away from as you look back on these four years and you say, hey, I kind of learned that. And that can be about design, that can be about life, that can be about whatever. I think it's been really interesting learning over the last four years how such small parts of our spaces can have such large impacts on anything you do. Um, one of the things we've talked about you know, in our psychology of design class was that like, designers can basically tell you how to move through a space without pushing you through a space. Things like that are really interesting to me, how we don't even think about some of the things that are around us every day, but someone else has thought through exactly how that impacts people. Yeah, that's interesting that, that, that it is a part of somebody's job to make that navigation through life, you know, th- through the building um, and, and that little minor piece of life there of, of navigating through a building. That, that's somebody's job to kind of help you move through that. And I, I think that connects up with kind of the bigger picture of the brilliant that one of the things that we want to be affirming is that everybody's vocation matters that you know no matter who you are if you're an interior designer you matter if you are you know somebody who who studies hard math you matter um and, and that it's not that one of those things matters more than the other but all of us together experience this kind of collective uh, benefit from the you know the vocations of others uh and so that that's a one of those those big pieces another big piece that we have in the brilliant is just we really believe that people thrive more when they are able to connect up what they're doing and their spirituality their beliefs how have you been able to connect up interior design with the things that you believe yeah so i'm a christian and i connect my faith to design because at least right now, I can't think of anything else that I would be this excited for or passionate about or just generally good at. Um, it's been a really long process, but I think getting to college and realizing that this is the path that God has directed my life down has been really meaningful to me. 
I've also been able to find some like-minded people in the program that have, you know, helped me and supported me through that process. And then there are also just so many ways that design can impact others, and I'm really excited to take what I've learned and be able to find opportunities to give back with it as well. We talked a little bit about the the, the way that interior design kind of guides us through a building, and, and that's a little bit of what you mentioned with God kind of guiding you to this. And uh, this was not really a expected decision for you, right? When, when you told your, your parents, hey, mom and dad, I'm thinking about being an interior design major, they kind of said, what? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that moment when, when you said, hey, I, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah, so I really can't think of a specific instance that I was like, oh, interior design. It was always just something kind of thought about. Um, but I went to a very STEM-focused high school and did a lot of you know, scientific kind of research stuff through that. My parents are involved in STEM with their careers, and so it was kind of just expected that I was going to go into biology or ecology, things that I do still really love. But um, when I first mentioned interior design, it kind of changed the subject pretty quickly. <laughs> and then... When I kept bringing it up, uh, they tried to convince me to go into business so that I could then, you know, make my own decorating business kind of thing. It took a lot of convincing and, like, showing them actual research that I had done, you know, that this is a career, it's not just decoration, and that there are good schools out there for this. And I think what kind of helped convince them a little bit was that FSU had a really good program and that if I didn't get accepted or anything... I could still fall back on STEM or other options here at the same school. That's awesome. So yeah, you, you had a plan B that, that was available for you. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really good news for some people to hear that, hey, it seemed like my life was going in this direction. Yeah, it was going in the direction of STEM. I was going to the STEM high school. I was doing all of this research. And then... Uh, something about design hit me and now all of a sudden that's really important and you know that's where I feel like I'm being guided and uh, you know so many students find themselves in the midst of that they I I found myself in the midst of that when I was an undergrad Uh, and and so when when you find that moment of now I actually think this is it, it it can be helpful to hear somebody else's voice who has done that and and you've been able to do that you were able to say hey this is worthwhile uh, you know y- you were able to present it to them and I'm yeah I, I know for a fact that that they are now very proud of you uh, even though this isn't a STEM degree <laughs> um, but it's kind of close I mean you're still doing a lot of hard hard math and and stuff there but it, it isn't exactly a STEM degree it's it's design and and that's kind of cool as I'm reflecting on this, I'm, I'm hearing time after time is just this idea of, hey, you, you have this sense of there, there's something out there that, that'll guide you if you listen to it. And I think that's a really important thing that, that if we're able to be open and aware of those things that are out there, we're able to hear what might be good for us. We're able to hear, okay, maybe design is a way for me to go maybe there there's something out there for me so that's that's a really cool thing any uh parting words for us as we wrap up 
Uh, I think going back to what you were saying with going down this path, I think just some advice. It's important to be patient. I was confused and kind of scared for a while, you know, choosing to go down the design route, and it's paid off really well. So <laughs> I think it's just important to be patient and, yeah, try and listen. Well, thanks for being with us, Laura. We uh, appreciate it. And you'll get to hear your own voice on the podcast. Uh, so, so yay. And, uh, and for everybody else, uh, this has been the Brilliant Podcast. And if you would like to connect up with us and learn some more about interior design or anything else that we're talking about, feel free to shoot us an email at brilliantfsu at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.